Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast, we go into the history, the chart facts, and discuss every song ELO officially released. We even consult with the future of humanity on their opinion of the music. We also go into music by the groups that eventually became ELO. Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast, can be found on many podcasting sites. And join our YouTube channel, the Electric Light Orchestra podcast channel, for exclusive episodes. It's a beautiful day. Welcome to Pods Like Us. I'm Martin Quibell, known to my friends as Marv. And this time for the Christmas season, of course, it's the time for good things, joy, festivities, happiness, and all that sort of thing that I miss while I'm at work. But, um, oh, nasty. But uh, anyway, I'm here with a group of friends to discuss uh, Christmas TV movies. So they're all going to introduce themselves to save me uh, from becoming a bit hoarse, starting with Joe. I'm Joe. I'm from the podcast Keeping Up with the Cardassians. We are a pop culture and Star Trek leaning uh, podcast where we dive into the world of what's happening in pop culture at the time and also do a rewatch of science fiction, a science fiction series. Uh, we just finished Star Trek Deep Space Nine, which was our first show, hence the name of the show, Keeping Up with the Cardassians. Um, we just finished that run, and now we, I, I believe we're going to be moving into Battlestar Galactica here soon. And uh, it's weekly. We come out on Mondays, and it's been going for a couple of years now. It's been pretty great. I was wondering what's going to happen next because I'm still about two, three weeks behind. Uh, yeah, spoiler alert, we're moving into Battlestar Galactica. Do you know, they had that on Netflix, uh, Battlestar Galactica, and I started watching it, got about three episodes into season three, and they took it off Netflix. I don't think you had much more to go then. I think it's only four seasons. Yeah, yeah. It really irritated me. Although I do love both versions of Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, we're going to do the with the newer version, not yeah, the 70s show. Yeah. And Snow? Hi. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm Snow uh, from the podcast Seeking Tarot. Uh, I explore every episode as a card, and so we're doing a walkthrough of the 78 tarot cards. Uh, there's a few other episodes that we focus on too, uh, doing like the history of tarot, the future of tarot. Um, that was an interesting interview. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so it's uh, it got some things on the horizon that's going to be actually reformatted and uh, niched down a little bit and uh, kind of a overhaul done. So it's exciting stuff, but I've taken a little bit of a hiatus. I'm I haven't been feeling well, got to move, finals for school, stuff like that. So, been very busy. It's called a mid-season break. Right. <laughs> exactly. 
Speaking of mid-season breaks, back from a break, or very soon will be, Darren? Uh, thanks, Marv. Yeah, I'm Darren, and I uh, host My Guest List Pod, which, yeah, as Marv uh, uh, inferred, he's coming back uh, soon for season three, where I talk to podcasters and highlight podcasts that I find interesting. And every second week I do a review of a, a podcast that I found that I, I think everyone might like as well. Uh, it's a review and recommend. There's usually nothing on there that I'm not going to like. So um, I pretty much just talk to people about how their show was, uh, how they, yeah, why they started the show and try to find out a little bit more about the the host of the show other than them just being the host of a podcast, a little bit more about what they like, what they're interested in, to, what they're interested in, and also what they're listening to, other podcasts. Uh, that's about it. There's no other shows like that anywhere, is there? No, not a one. I'm no. unique. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> I've never heard anything like that before. And you know what? I don't care because I'm having fun doing it. So, <laughs> <laughs> And we've both guested on each other's shows. We have, uh, yes. And uh, oh, actually, the biggest payoff for me just recently was I was actually made a character in uh, a audio drama. Uh, wow. Which which I, uh, in, I'm enamored with at the moment because it's a fantastic show. It's called Nevermore Hollows. So sorry to do a shout out on your show, Mal, but uh, it's, it's actually really good. And Alan, Alan's a lovely, uh, a lovely guy and very talented. And uh, he, he was uh, nice enough to, to put me in his show, actually. It was very interesting. So that's a payoff from podcasting, I guess, as well. No money or fame mm. or anything like that, but that's good enough for me. <laughs> It's an interesting side thing because we were both talking the other week, weren't we? Weren't we, Darren? When uh, and I was saying how I've been cast as as I'm, I'm acting in the Icarus Complex. I'm doing actual voice acting in that. Yes. No. I remember you mentioning that. So that that's must be very exciting for you, actually. So it's slightly worrying. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> It says every podcaster getting on unless they've got some sort of broadcasting background. So <laughs> I'll see if I can get Joe and Snow some roles on there as well, shall I? Yes, definitely. I would love that. Actually, part of the reason I did pod- podcasting in the beginning is I wanted to get into voice acting. So, yep. yeah, I'd love to do it. There you go. Anybody listening? Wait, wait till the end and he'll give you his um, email address and contact details. Absolutely. Thank you. And, and the, the roles will start flowing in. Yeah, they will. That'd be they will. Great. The roles, but not the money. Yeah, don't need the money. Who well, needs yeah, I do need money? The money. I, I lied. <laughs> I need money. <laughs> yeah, never Christmas say you don't need expensive. the money, even if you, even if you don't. <laughs> right. Always take the money. <laughs> Unless you're Donald humble. Trump, because he doesn't need any. Oh, seriously. <laughs> you need to spend some of it on uh, on some brain surgery, I think, Donald Trump. There you go. Politics. Hey. Spicy and political, Marvin. <laughs> Sorry. Unusual. <laughs> it is. It is. So what plans have you all got for the sea, the festive season, you know, as in, you know, your own lives that you want to tell anybody about or about the shows that you're doing? snow um well so within the pagan community or the occult or wiccan however people 
listed. A lot of times what we do is we actually don't celebrate Christmas. It's similar to Christmas in a way. I mean, I grew up in Christmas culture. That was my whole thing. But it's called Yule for us. And um, so it's about the same time. Uh, the Christmas story is almost identical to the Christian Christmas story. Uh, but if it's okay, I'd like to read a very short thing about Yule. Yule is the winter solstice, the longest night of the year. It is a celebration of the light returning from the darkness, of rebirth and of hope. Celebrate with gifts. So what you do is you burn candles on the ball, a light, uh, the sacrificial sow, and divine upon an icy pool on the night that we call Yule. So that's officially the stance of some of the uh, traditions, you know, it's kind of where we get the Christmas tree and stuff like that. Um, there's a lot of crossover on our modern Christmas because of the pagan influence that is uh, been within our culture. So, but I love me some Santa Claus and uh, Christmas gifts other than the price tag that sometimes comes along with that. So. So um, carry on. Go ahead. Carry no. on, Snow. Go on. Okay, well, I was just going to say, so for uh, the holiday plans, uh, I'm looking forward to spending some time with my girlfriend, and um, I'd love to spend some time with my mom. She's in a in an old folks home, and unfortunately, I won't. I don't think I'm going to be able to get up there to see her. But yeah, with loved ones and uh, you know, good food. And so that's the best thing about it, I think. So, <laughs> Joe, speaking about loved ones and good food. Uh, yeah, we just uh, we just celebrated uh, Thanksgiving here in the states uh, a couple of days ago. Um, had a lot of good food and surrounded by uh, friends and family. Uh, that's kind of the the tone that we carry between Thanksgiving and Christmas is just sort of kind of stay in that sort of festive mood, um, spending as much time as you can with the ones you love around you. Um, I look forward to spending time with my kids, um, celebrating with them, uh, with my family and just kind of, I don't know, doing the things that I, I like the, I like the cheesy stuff. Like I like, uh, Christmas music. I like Christmas movies, TV shows. I like putting up, uh, Christmas decorations inside and, and outside. Um, those are the things that for some can become tedious uh, but for me, I find a lot of joy in doing all of those things because it just, I don't know, it just presents well, it presents festive. Um, and for me, that's kind of, you know, I don't, I, I celebrate in a very Christian way, but I don't um, sort of subscribe to that religion. I'm sort of religion, uh, I'm decentralized from any sort of organized religion. Yep. Um, but I have grown up in a Christmas uh, family in a, in, a, in a Christian home. So I, it's sort of transformed into from a religious holiday to a more family oriented and family centric holiday um, for me personally. Okay. And Darren, what are you looking forward to a bit of um, sur surfing, um, you know, in, in the seas or anything? Well, there will be a little bit of that happening maybe after Christmas. We usually go down to the peninsula here uh, on the coast and, and spend most of 
January or half of January down there. But Christmas itself, we'll spend with my in-laws and it used to be a whole big gathering. Uh, my wife uh, is of Greek heritage and uh, has a very big family. And because of that, you know, we all used to get together. But nowadays, it's not so much like that because everyone's got their own families and they go off and do their own thing. So it's usually just my three boys and uh, my in-laws and my my uh, wife's sister and her kids and my brother-in-law and we uh, we don't we don't do the things we used to do with the boys. Obviously, my boys have grown; they're 14, 16 and twenty-one. So there's no more, you know, uh, putting flour on the floor and pretending to put little footprints in in the flour <laughs> so that uh, it looked like Santa or the reindeers had been going up to the to the uh, hearth and eating the cookies and drinking the milk. Uh, there will be no three o'clock in the morning wrapping of presents uh, as it used to be, uh, and then having to get up at five o'clock because the boys were so anxious to go out and see what Sandra had bought them. So, uh, yeah, we <laughs> last year I think we put the tree up two days before the end before Christmas, which yeah, we're not great when it comes to that. I guess um, there'll be a few few decorations here and there, and we'll try to get into the spirit a bit more. But yeah, it's going to be a pretty basic christmas here and uh, um, i know snow was talking about uh, you know winter solstice and longest night of winter and usually we spend uh, christmas day in 30 degree or 35 degree heat eating really hot food which makes no sense whatsoever <laughs> so yeah, but uh anyway it is what it is so yeah we, we look forward to it we look forward to the break and and uh, look forward to going down to the beach with the boys so well, I'm Australia- kind of curious. Is that your summer solstice down there? Sorry, Marv. It's okay. Yeah, I don't know if it actually uh, correlates with the actual summer solstice. I, I think it's probably a little bit early in summer for it to to be the summer solstice. So it probably isn't. But um, yeah, uh, that's a good question. I, I'll go check that. I'll, I'll look that up actually and find out. So yeah, but uh, it's very different. We've got lots of um, cousins in Canada. And they obviously have white Christmases and yeah, a lot of stuff that's foreign to us. <laughs> if anybody's interested, the podcast Tinsel Tunes, they feature a lot of songs that have come from Australia that are Christmas based and they are really good songs. And they're all got swearing in them? Uh, no, I don't think they can play any of the songs <laughs> without it. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't got on any that are called it's bloody hot yes well it'd be unusual for an australian christmas song not to have any sort of swearing in it actually so. okay <laughs> best up my cd collection i think i'll send yes. you some <laughs> thank you very much so um when um what was i going to say when you were talking about putting the tree up at the last minute it's all right it's put me on a tangent already i'm there and uh, seeing that fabulous tree that's behind Joe as well. Mine, uh, mine is already up. It's amazing. Been up. It's been up for about a week and a half. I'm super, super jealous. jealous. Yeah, it's great. But it reminds me of uh, my mum and stepdad when he was alive. They worked in Saudi Arabia. or Yeah, they did at this point. They worked at Saudi Arabia. So they were there for, for a long period of time. And then they were coming back in June. So me and my one of my older brothers... We we went into their house the night the night that they were due to come back that morning 
from the from the airport and we actually put the tree up and all the decorations put put all the presents underneath the tree and we decorated the entire house throughout with with everything just so that they could come back home in the middle of june because they'd missed christmas at home with the family and then we were there all waiting for her for for my mum and my stepdad to come back with all the Christmas decorations there in the presents and everything in the tree up and they walked in and we were there and, you know, shouted happy Christmas. That's a, that's a really nice memory. Yeah. That's lovely. I love that. Must've been a lot of work too. <laughs> really? To do it in a, in a, in a night. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. And you can still wear your Christmas jumpers or Christmas sweaters as well, because, you know, summer in England still pretty cold anyway. So. It's pretty wet most of the time, that's for sure. I was just having a bit of a dig, but that's all right. Sorry. England, the land of rain. Do you guys get a lot of snow during the summer year then, Marv? During the summer, no. No, we get a lot of rain during the summer. We don't get much snow during the winter now either, unfortunately. I like snow. Yeah. Thank you. That's all right. (laughs) Everybody likes snow. (laughs) Unless you're shoveling it. <laughs> yes, or driving in it sometimes. Yes. Listen, I like I like shoveling snow and driving in the snow. Yeah, I don't it, mind. It's just idiots that don't know how to drive properly in it. That's what that's right, where the problems like, come from. Oh man. Tell me about it. Yeah. 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 I don't know. There's, there's something there's something peaceful about driving. Uh, maybe around dusk or in the dark, not dark, but like at nighttime, seeing all the lights and the, like the hustle and bustle of the holiday season in a, not a snowstorm, but maybe if it's snowing and there's snow on the ground, you're listening to Christmas music on the radio and it's just, you're in a warm car, it's freezing outside. There's just something kind of uh, romantic in a, in a non like relationship kind of way. There's something romantic about that scene to me. Have you got a camera in my work van when I'm working over Christmas? <laughs> that's me. But that's, yeah, me out. Yeah. that's me running errands in the middle of December. The, but there's something about when I go out, you know, because I, I joked about it earlier about working over the period, but there's certain things that you find what joy you can, where you can really to make things better. So I will be driving around and go from one place to another. But because I'm doing that, I'm going and I'm finding all the decor, all these different towns and cities and driving through all their decorations that have been left on. There's nobody else around, but there's all the lights there and the trees up and, and everything. And it's just like you said, you've got that music on in the background. It's nice to see. And it's almost yeah. as though it's just there for you in a way that because there's hardly anybody else out. I agree. I like I like driving down uh, neighborhoods and looking at Christmas lights. There's, I know that there's a couple houses in the area I live now that do a a big get up for Christmas. They'll put that they do a lot of lights and they draw a lot of attention. Um, so those are sort of like destination houses that people drive to and sort of take it in. Um, one of the houses also does Halloween, like really big, a big production for Halloween. Um, but that was always a thing growing up. My parents would do like, we would pick one night where it was, you know, kind of snowy or cold or close to Christmas. And we would just sort of drive around the area 
and drive through different neighborhoods and look at the neighbor, the Christmas lights in the neighborhood that everybody yep. had put up. We would do that every year with the uh, my little ones, um, the Christmas Eve. We would go out and look at uh, all the houses and um, they'd get tired from being out for so long. So we try, so they'd uh, go to bed fairly early because they were so excited. Usually they didn't want to go to bed. And so we uh, decided to start making it a bit of a tradition and we went around Christmas Eve too. We knew where, like yourself, we knew where all the really good houses were. And sometimes we'd, we'd try a new area and we'd just go around and look at all the, the uh, Christmas lights and uh, the kids look forward to it. And they were usually asleep by the time we got home. So we take them out of the car and put them into their beds. And yeah, it was, uh, it was a great little tradition that we had as well. That's an excellent parenting hack right there. It is. <laughs> yeah. And also, I mean, over here, I don't know whether you have it in other countries as well, but some places I've been to, when I used to drive to another workplace, there was a house where they had all their outside decorated and all this and the other, but also they had this sign. So what you could do was they didn't mind you actually going onto their property and walking around and they had like moving things as well, like, like, uh, like, like a, a Christmas train that would move around on on the, the garden or whatever, and oh, okay. so that kids could actually go on that Christmas training as it was called, oh, cool. and and everything enjoy the whole thing of Christmas, and all that you did was there was like a jar there or something, and it, it was well known around the area that what you do is you put money in there, and that went to a children's charity. Oh, nice. that's really Very cool. Nice. That's yeah. really nice. Yeah. Hi, it's Zach from Belated Binge Harry Potter, and I'd like to remind all the listeners of Pods Like Us that it isn't Christmas without Hogwarts and a Harry Potter marathon. When I was we growing had, um, up... We... Uh, oh, sorry. Guys, no, 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 you go. Okay, thank you. Um, so when I was growing up, my grandpa used to put out uh, paper lanterns uh, around the house as part of his Christmas decorations. And so occasionally when I drive around like you guys do for the uh, Christmas Eve or something like that, I'll see paper lanterns and I'll think of my grandpa. It's just, a, it's a beautiful thing to see. It's really cool. Yeah, it's nice. You going to say something, Darren? I was just going to say, we, we had uh, our council, uh, the houses that used to do a, a really big presentation and, you know, they'd be setting up for week or two weeks before Christmas period started to really kick in. Um, they made a, an elaborate sort of effort and the councils used to actually kick in with a little bit of a subsidy for um, their power bills. But that's sort of stopped here of in recent times. And because of that, there's not as many people doing it, which is a shame, um, especially for the you know ne next generation for my my, my uh, nephews and things like that who you know they're, they're four and five years old and they love that sort of thing but there's just not as many people doing it here now because you know prices of power and everything is going through the roof and the councils aren't uh, putting in subsidies so uh, anymore and we're seeing less of it which is which is unfortunate uh you know the christmas spirit is uh not what it used to be, especially, you know, if I, I look back on when I was that sort of age and there was, a, I, I, maybe I'm looking back with rose colored glasses, but it seemed like there was a lot more made of the Christmas time than there is nowadays. Um, nowadays, all you see is advertising for Christmas sales, which obviously was the same back then, not, not the same 
way because of uh, not having the same social media uh, available to everybody and for advertising. But uh, I, I don't know. I just I, I just remember it as more of a family time back when I was you know my my boys and my nephews' age. Nowadays, seems to have lost something. I don't think that applies solely to Christmas. I think there's something deeper to what you're saying about things getting lost now that were, or the the meaning or things sort of not being what they used to be. And again, it might be, like you said, looking back with nostalgia. Nostalgia is a very powerful feeling. Um, But I, I find myself feeling that way about a lot of things, not just holidays or um, or like t- TV shows or music or whatever. It's, it's a lot of things that just feel uh, not as authentic as they used to feel. Yeah. And, 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 the, and the, the funny thing is we're more connected than we've ever been because of the technology we have available to us nowadays. But I don't think we're connected in a way that we were when I was a, a child in terms of at least with family. Obviously, you can't make those um, connections with people who are uh, interstate or overseas like you used to. But your community and your family, they everyone seemed to be a lot closer and there was a lot more invested in that time by everyone. Nowadays, everyone's so busy doing other things and catching up with people on Zoom and um, you know, uh, on the phone and people are devoted to looking at that little black screen instead of interacting. Like I, I we go to Christmas, um, Christmas day at my in-laws house and my boys are no different to anyone else. Instead of everyone really interacting, my boys are on their phones and that, that could be on me, but <laughs> they're not different to any other teenagers out there at the moment. So right. I'm not going to make them pariahs. I'm not going to make them pariahs by, you know, um, taking away their phones or anything like that, because that's also how they do connect with, I guess, some of their friends. But I just don't think we're invested in Christmas the way we used to be. Um, you know, maybe I'm just being nostalgic about that time in my life, but you know, I, I miss that. Yeah, me, me too. Because I mean, I remember when I was a kid, um, my whole family used to get together over Christmas and we used to descend on my, uh, my grandparents' house, which, I mean, I don't know how the hell they, they were able to actually have all those children and family members in that little house that they had, but they did for so- somehow or another. So they used, you, so it used to be all the cousins, the second cousins, and basically just... 40, 50 people would just descend on this small two-up, two-down house, as we call it, you know, just a really small house. And they'd have this enormous, uh, on the back garden, where it was just grass, they'd just have this big table laid out and decked out, and uh, you would go inside to get all the food that you want and then go outside. And But that was the thing, that it was a time then where all of the family came together, all the different, you know, parts of the family came together and, there's some, you know, I, I don't know whether that's just me looking back nostalgically and thinking, wow, that was incredible. Or, you know, it's completely different now where there isn't that. I actually miss those times in a way. Oh, for sure. For sure. Definitely. Now, Joe's going to tell me that all of his family do that. Uh, I don't know. 
we we still we still get together um actually my family as i've gotten older and everybody has kind of gotten their own families or have started to age out of being brought by their parents um and my grandparents both both sets of my grandparents have since passed away which their houses were it was always the grandparents house which was the the gathering area so once they passed there was no um next in line next to take over that role so everybody sort of kind of just dispersed into their own little mini christmases instead of having one like we would always do christmas eve at my on my dad's side my grandparents on my father's side do christmas eve there and then we do christmas morning after we had our christmas morning we go to my other grandparents and that's just how we did it and now it's it's just different and everybody you know everybody ages out of that and you have to start your own because at some point it wasn't both of those houses right at some point it was a house those people went to a house before that um so you have to start carving your own traditions or at least making the effort to extend those traditions even if it is a new setting um but mostly we've all kind of done our own things so now it's my family does our own little mini christmas and but i do look i do look back fondly on christmas eve and christmas morning they they were distinctly different feelings or sur- surrounded by the same central group of people or like how obviously the holiday is the same but like they were they were two distinct gatherings they felt different so do you think it's a, a thing with as generation as it goes from generation to generation do you think that those traditions change so you don't actually see you think it's a thing of the past that sort of thing where the families used to get together in such big numbers do you think that's something that's lost to the past and now we've got our own way of doing things i don't think i don't think on a on a as an umbrella statement i don't think so no um i think there are still there's still a lot of families that do that they'll have christmas at a central location every year that's my family is um so like i'm divorced so i know i i have like an every other christmas sort of thing so i can't necessarily i would have every christmas at my house or at my ex's house or something like that right but with things like that and there are a lot of people that are in that boat where you have to sort of share or there are people who aren't there are people that a lot of their family live farther away um so they to travel now is incredibly expensive it's time consuming um it's not i mean it's easy traveling is easier than it's ever been but at the same time it's really not because it's more expensive than it has ever been and to gather all those family members um to have like the the home alone type christmas where everybody is in the same house and there's you know 40 or 50 people from all over all corners of you know sometimes the all corners of the world um it's that's a difficult thing to do but i i would i would have christmas every year at my house if if i could i didn't have my family come and have my extended family come and be a central gathering point for like a christmas celebration um even if it wasn't on christmas morning or christmas day 
I'm going to say something incredibly sad now, but I am the son of a broken marriage. So um, that was really difficult for me after that period, in a sense, where we were split up as children. Me and my two older brothers were split up so that they ended up being with my my father and my my dad, and I was with my mum. So then from around the age of, I'd say, about 11 or 12, well, actually from 10, I was coming up to 11 years old, I lived with my mum and they lived with my father. So they they were split Christmases in, in a sense where I was always with my mum and they were always with my dad. So not until we were adults were we all living close to each other again and were able to get that relationship back again. And now I can't think of Christmas without actually seeing them. It's been difficult the last two years, you know, doing the COVID problem, actually not being able to get that closeness I mean that that's really been really difficult. Yeah, I I sort of understand what you're you're talking about there, um, Marv. Because uh, when I grew up, I grew up with my grandparents, but I was the only grandchild there. My half brother and half sisters were were living with my mum and my my uh, stepfather, and uh, so we we didn't we didn't really have Christmases together. We would actually go visit them but there weren't Christmases together as such. And it's not quite the same situation as what you went through. But, um, you know, I, I was talking before, probably before we actually started recording about how we have these big Christmases now, or we have these big Christmases with my, my wife's family. Uh, and that's what I probably refer to more than I do my childhood, because my childhood, there was only one Christmas where all the cousins and everyone and aunties and uncles got together at our house. And I, I remember remember it distinctly because we had a big a table in the middle of our dining room and I got a, a fort. It was a, a plastic fort, but you had to build it and it was all full of cowboys and Indians. And my cousins said, well, look, we're going to put the Indians on the outside and the cowboys on, uh, I'm sorry, the Indians on the inside and the cowboys on the outside just to see how they like it. <laughs> and uh, and I, I still remember that um, from, because it was such a, um, uh, a standout Christmas because it's the only time that we all got together. So usually it was just my grandparents and myself and maybe my uncle or my auntie uh, would come over, but generally it was, was by ourselves. And it wasn't until I had my boys and I, I, you know, my wife's of Greek heritage, as I said, and they have a huge family, but I started to experience that Christmas and every year was the same thing. We'd all go to my, my mother-in-law's, uh, on uh, at Easter, there's another designated family that would, you know, they always do Easter and they do a big spit and things like that. And every every uh, auntie or uncle had a designated time of the year that they were hosting. And I got used to that. And now, because like Joe said, everyone's sort of making their own little family units and they're celebrating with friends and family by themselves. And we don't have that same interaction with the whole family like we used to. Uh, I miss that. And, um, and uh, yeah, look, I got off on, again, a bit of a tangent, started talking about Christmases by yourself yeah. <laughs> uh, when you were talking about what happened with you. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just I, I, I think I was talking to Joe about, you know, looking back with, you know, uh, rose-colored glasses. And I just thought about it. And, you know, actually, we didn't, we didn't have big Christmases when I was young. I actually spent most of the Christmases by myself um, because I was with my grandparents. And I, they were great. Don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining. 
I had wonderful grandparents, but it wasn't until I got married and experienced my wife's family. And yeah, I just, uh, it was, it was, it's interesting. Um, it was different and it was, it was great that my boys could have that and have that from the start. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I look back on my Christmases. They weren't always, you know, my best friend and going around and visiting him was probably more important than the family getting together on Christmas because it was just me. So. A bit of a waffle there. Sorry about that. That's a okay. cattle that out if you like. Nope. Nope. Hi, this is David from This Goose is Cooked, and we would like to wish all the listeners of Pods Like Us a very Merry Christmas. And if you're having trouble writing your Christmas cards, remember, a picture is worth a thousand words. So what do we think is most important then at Christmas that we in ourselves do or that we think makes Christmas or the festive season, what it is. I suppose Festivus for George in Seinfeld, because he has Festivus, doesn't he, George in Seinfeld? Yeah. Can't believe well, I celebrate Festivus as well. I have, I have a poll. I you have a poll? Festivus. Yep. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Festivus My cross the rest of us. <laughs> I can't believe we've got a Seinfeld thing in there. Do you do feats of strength as well? Uh, let's see. I've, I've celebrated Festivus for about, this is, I've celebrated Festivus for about 23 years. Wow. Um, my best friend's mom, my best friend's stepdad made me a Festivus poll, um, the year after Seinfeld went off the air. So I think it was like 1999. I think yeah. Seinfeld ran until 98. So I've been celebrating for about 23 years. I still have the poll he made me. And I want to say around, 2000 i had um a big festivist dinner where i invited some friends and family and we made a i made dinner we had dinner and then we did airing of grievances and feats of strength we had we made it was a whole thing uh i haven't done that since i probably could i probably could uh i could throw another one of those now i see it all new grievances I see another Patreon special of you, Rob and Nick, airing grievances and doing Festivus. Oh, yeah. Letting everyone know how you've uh, let them down during the year. Yeah. 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 R- Rob would love that one. I th- I think he would. <laughs> so what do we think is important then at Christmas? What makes it that special season? So um, for our family, when I was growing up, I have very fond memories of going out and cutting down the Christmas tree. So I lived in the Black Hills. Uh, we had pine trees everywhere. That was that's primarily the uh, the foliage or whatever, you know. So we would go out and, uh, you know, about a foot and a half of snow or so and try to find the perfect tree, you know, all day long. And that was one of the fun things that we did every year for a little while and then i don't know you know it fell off and just stopped doing that and um but i do remember some of the important things that like for me were uh that bring the memories around are more than just the presence you know like when i'm talking with other people and they say oh i don't like to celebrate the holidays because they get depressed or frustrated about what's going on i'm like well Okay, it doesn't have to be about capitalism. Why why not just friends and family? Why not just the people that you love? You know, why not celebrate that? So if you 
boil it down, I think being able to spend time with those that you care about is, is paramount. That's the top, right? So I think that's what makes Christmas for me. Darren? Yeah, definitely. I, yeah, I concur with, with Snow there. That's the, the only thing that really is important for me is, you know, being with my, my family and you know, not to uh, piss off the rest of the family, but the only thing that's really important, you know, that's primary, I should say, at least is uh, making sure that uh, I'm with my boys and my wife and, you know, I, the fondest memories I have of Christmas are all around my kids as toddlers and the Christmases, the joy, the the innocence, you know, in their eyes, you know, Christmas morning. And like I said, we used to get flour and we'd put little little uh, paw prints, reindeer prints in the flour and eat the cookies and drink the milk. So that the 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 wonder in their eyes when they thought that Santa, you know, it just legitimized it a little bit more because I'm sure these kids are going, oh, there's no Santa and things like that. But it legit, legitimized it a little bit more to them when they saw that. And uh, the look in their eyes was, yeah, this is something that I'll never get back. You know, I look at my boys, you know, I love <laughs> I love the boys. You know, they've got two teenagers and a 21-year-old. But the happiest times were when they were toddlers. And, and Christmas was just one of those times where that 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 innocence of childhood really played out and you could just see it and it's it's something special and there's nothing else for me that really says christmas more than than that with uh with my immediate family so uh you know i don't i don't like the fact that people uh think that because it's christmas we should be nice to each other should be nice to each other all year round not just pick certain days or certain seasons so yeah I, I i with a lot of the advertising that's out there i think a lot of that's all uh put on and a little bit superficial so um so yeah me for me it's family that's the only thing that's really important okay joe i mean i, I think family is obviously the the correct answer here yep. if there is one um but the question itself is subjective. And I, I think I think the beauty of the holiday season, whether the, I'm talking specifically probably Thanksgiving Day through New Year's Day. Yep. Um is you the beauty of it is you can find something to extract joy from. If if you don't have if you don't live a lot live around a lot of friends or family. Um, there are other things that the season offers. Um, there's there's uh, themed music or there's TV shows or there's uh, movies or there are things from your childhood you can you can sort of go back to and it, it sort of evolves from your childhood like the commercialism like like the getting presents is like the only thing that matters when you're eight years old. like what is under that tree for me, right? Yep. And looking at looking at it like that as an adult, you're like, well, that's not necessarily a great way of thinking. But when you're a kid, that that doesn't matter. You, that's what you're that's kind of what your world revolves around. And then you sort of evolve into now it just means more more time to see your kids or, you know, other young people in your family, whether it's nieces or nephews or whatever. Do that circle of life through the holiday season. Um, to me, it is family, but I, I do extract joy from that. I do extract joy from, the, I, I like the hustle and bustle of the holidays. Like 
how busy it is. There's something uh, I, I extract joy just knowing that people are going to and from places, looking to buy things on their on their lists, or they had an idea and now they're they're trying to put together the the perfect Christmas. Or um, I don't know. I, I find joy in all aspects of the holiday season, um, but. I think like Darren and Snow said, it it really does revolve around spending quality time with the people that are in your life that mean the most to you. Sometimes that's friends, sometimes that's family, sometimes that's um, somewhere in between. But finding the time to spend with people that mean the most to you, um, you should do that. Like Darren said, all, do, you should be doing things like this all year round. But really, the central idea of the holiday season is to sort of do that in a very uh, profound way. I'd like to think that those people with the hustle and bustle that they're going around and what they are doing is making those times with the family better by what they're doing is preparing to make that great time for the family. That's what I'd like to think that they're doing when I see people rushing around. I always think that I always put together a backstory for people I see that are, <laughs> that are out. Yeah. Like I see a, like a cart loaded with food and I'm like, okay, what is that meal going to look like when it's finished? And like the conversations that are going to be had over that food um, or, you know, what, what is that gift going to look like when it's wrapped up under the tree? And then the, the look on the child's face when they, when they open it or the look on the the giver's face, when they see the joy on the receiver's face, like, so there's there's a lot of depth to these even these micro uh, situations along the way that that pay off at the end, and I I, I just love that there is a payoff, uh, like that that those gifts might not end up in the state that you're in, that those could be shipped around the world, and somebody else could be opening that in in England or in Australia or or in you know in other parts of the country. And there's just so much. There's just so much there. Absolutely. Now then, here is me trying to create a transition. But one of the good things about Christmas is when you are just sat down enjoying time with your family, just just chilling after a nice dinner or really good time and perhaps sitting down to the television together. And I mean, you know, what sort of things would you uh, memories have you got of those sort of situations? Well done, Marv. Nice segue, Marv. <laughs> so, Snow, what sort of memories of television have you got, of uh, uh, you know, from years past at Christmas and festive time? Glad you clarified that because I was thinking how heavy they used to be. And if you weren't careful, they'd tip over. Um, (laughs) so, uh, I, you know, uh, we had touched a little bit on this, just thinking about, uh, some of the claymation stop mation, um, Rudolph, the red nosed reindeer, you know, right. And frosty the snowman miss some of that, uh, Charlie Brown, uh, his, uh, uh, what is, I don't even remember what is the name of that Charlie Brown special for Christmas. Is it Peanuts Christmas or? I don't there know. Is, there is a Charlie Brown Christmas. Yeah, it's Charlie Brown Christmas. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. it. 
But, you know, thinking about that and it's like, that's actually, that's a really cool story. Did you know that uh, the guy that wrote it, Charles, was uh, told to not air that? That was not supposed to be aired. Uh, but he stuck to his guns and he they wanted to have the uh, Christian part of it taken out. And um, he said, absolutely not. He said, this is the way it's going to air. And as a result, it's one of the most uh, watched shows uh, when it comes to Christmas time. They got magnificent ratings and they decided to, you know, leave it in. And uh, I, I honor the fact that, you know, regardless of my religious choices now, I honor my religious past and anybody that sticks to their guns for what they believe. So I think that's really cool. But, you know, like um, last note, thinking about a Christmas story and having a, you know, a lady's uh, leg with some fishnet stockings in lamp in the uh, in the window. So, yeah. <laughs> hmm. Christmas there's, story. There's a thought. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen a Christmas story? We didn't watch it until because uh, we we'd never been, it never been on the television as far as I remember in the UK. So we ended up actually buying it on DVD so that we could watch oh, it for okay. the first time two years ago. I think it was. Now we didn't get time to watch any Christmas films last year, but but yeah, we watched it two years ago, and it's the same time as I bought a Charlie Brown Christmas on DVD as well, so that I could get that That's watched cool. as well. Yeah. Oh, well, you all, can oh, now. Yeah. You- now you can buy those uh, lamps at like Spencer's. It's in the mall. You know, it's, <laughs> it's such a stupid thing, but it's it's tradition around here. You know, they're on Amazon, people. <laughs> they are. They are. It came yeah. up in my feed on Instagram as I'm going down. It was there was a suggestion. Would you like to buy one of these? No. <laughs> Swipe. They're away. getting really good with those suggestions, though. I've been, I've been. <laughs> I've been caught a few times. Yeah. You've bought that many DVDs of Star Trek. It's incredible. So did, did you actually buy the what you le- what you left what we left behind? Did you buy that on DVD or did you watch that streamed, by the way, Joe? Uh, I watched it streamed. Yeah. Uh, Rob Rob has the uh a physical version, which at, at now I wish I would have borrowed because he said there's some pretty magnificent special features to it. Um, some things that they left, they cut out and just some, a little, a little more in-depth interviews. Um, but I, I streamed it. We've gone off on a tangent again there. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I ended up in one big fell swoop. I think over the period of a couple of years, I bought a load of Christmas things. So I've got, so I got the, uh, Christmas story. I got the Charlie Brown Christmas. Uh, I, and I got, um, Oh, uh, Christmas on Sesame Street, I think it's called, or something. And then I've got, I've also got a Sesame Street version of A Christmas Carol as well that I bought on DVD. So there you go. That's a good yeah. one too. It is. I like that one. Yeah, I, I do love. I do love me some Sesame Street, even as an adult. And Mister Rogers. Yeah. I, I'm... yeah. We're going on a tangent here, but I was introduced right. to Sesame Street when my my own my real daddy was. We were stationed in Germany, so I was there really young. I ended up going to Germany when I was about six months old. We went over there, and he was stationed there. And on the uh, and on their their television in the barracks was American television. So the only thing that so obviously American television, you've got Sesame Street, 
even in the early 70s, you know, when I was really young in 1970, 71, and I was there 71 to 74, I think. And that's what we watched. We watched Sesame Street on the television. So there you go. But, but we're being really sidetracked here, aren't we? So, um, <laughs> so what do you, what, what's, what are your favorite memories then of television from Christmas then, Joe? Um, like I mentioned earlier, the, you know, the, the Rankin and Bass TV shows that the 30 minute, like, uh, Rudolph, uh, Frosty the Snowman, um, also a, a Charlie Brown Christmas. These were all staples every single year. Um, but for me on TV, there are two things that come to mind there and they're movies, but they were always on TV. So every year, um, TV, I I believe it's TBS, a state has a station here in the United States will play at least Christmas day, maybe Christmas Eve as well, but it's all a Christmas story. It's just what it's back to back to back. It's 24 hours of the same movie for four hours. Wow. And we, I just remember it always being on in the back. They've done that for a number of years because I do remember some Christmases at Christmas Eves at my um, at my grandmother's house in my probably between the ages of ten to fifteen still remembering it being on in the background. So that's to me that's like the all these memories that I have of these holiday gatherings. There's off in the corner, there's somewhere in these in these nostalgic memories, there's a TV playing a Christmas story. And then uh, after Christmas Eve, we would always come home um, and my dad would, we would always watch It's a Wonderful Life. So to me, that's a Christmas Eve movie that we would, it would always be on TV. We would, we would watch It's a Wonderful Life, which I think, going back on a previous conversation we had a little while ago about um, a Christmas Carol being dark. I think a Christmas Carol is incredibly uplifting as compared to it's a, it's a wonderful life. But well, they're yeah, very similar films, me, aren't they? In a sense. I mean, I've heard people way, say in that a way, in they a way they're almost the, the ones they are. Yeah. Somebody said before that it's sort of like a Christmas Carol from another direction. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're cut from the same cloth for sure. Yeah. Um, but for me, those are, those are the, and then I, I've always liked like Christmas episodes of my favorite TV shows. So like you mentioned, we mentioned Festivus. That's a Seinfeld historically didn't do a lot of Christmas episodes, but they did, they've done a couple um and they're they're classic episodes um but i've always i always it's saturday night live would back in the day would have some pretty great holiday episodes uh centered around thanksgiving and christmas both they'd have great musical guests they'd have great hosts and they would some of their best sketches of the year would be uh in these holiday episodes what about you, Darren? Uh, well, Joe actually just uh, struck on a point that I was thinking of myself. Uh, some of my favourite TV uh, are the episodes of The Office, the, Chris- the Office Christmas parties, especially mm-hmm. uh, Dwight with the Belschnickel. So uh, <laughs> with you've been uh, 
uh, impish or admirable. <laughs> he gets smacked if you uh, if you were impish. So uh, yeah, that that look apart from like all those uh, Rudolph and uh, Frosty the Snowman. We all, I used to always look forward to uh, Little Drummer Boy was another stop uh, motion. Uh, movie that we we watched at Christmas. It was always on, and it was usually part of a package of all those movies. Uh, and it sometimes was on more than once. You know, they do it Christmas Eve as well as early into December, and then Christmas Eve again. Uh, yeah, that was. Uh, I like you know Friends, Friends, and The Office. I think are, there's some really funny uh, Christmas themed episodes, which are really cool. Uh, Buffy has a good one. Um, yes. um, although a little. A little dark, but it's uplifting in the end. So, uh, and and funny. Uh, Buffy, you know, is one of my my joys. I love Buffy as well, and they they did a pretty good one. Uh, what else is it? Oh, well, nowadays in this household with uh, the teenagers, it's a Christmas vacation. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is a, a staple that we love watching. Yeah, and always. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great. So that's that's mainly the TV that we had. I, again. Anything that was really Christmassy, I guess, if you want to call that with the snow and everything like that, that would be imports from America or overseas um, because we just don't have that here. So it doesn't look the same. So um, so the TV would very much be littered with uh, overseas uh, shows, um, you know, displaying Christmas as it's stereotypically meant to be. Not 39 degrees um, heat with air conditioning and fans running. Well, it's interesting because I'm I'm guessing then, so in Australia, you would have programs from all over. So you're, you're almost like the middle ground in a sense. You get all the American, the, the things that are on the American television, but then you yeah. get all the all the British television coming over there as well. So the sort, oh, of yeah. things that, sort of things that I remember as a kid, I don't know, you might have had over there like the comedy specials or you found it every year, didn't you, with these shows back in the day? Somebody, some you'd always have these specific, you know, such and such, such and such holiday special. You know, I mean, they've done it this year, haven't they, with Guardians of the Galaxy, for instance, you know, holiday special. Yeah, right. Which, which is really good. Yeah. Um, but so in America, you would have had, you know, Andy Williams Christmas or Johnny Cash Christmas. And over here we had we had this we had this Irish bloke called Val Dunican who had his own Christmas thing yes. and then um, whatever. But uh, and then we had the comedy shows as well, sort of like we would we would have um, entertainers like the two Ronnies, Morecambe and Wise, and all these people who wouldn't be known in America, but yeah. they're known over here. And I think they did transition over to to Australia as well. I mean, Australia, you you had your very own um to Ronnie's television series for a couple of years as well that was made specifically. So you're sort of like the middle ground that get all of these things. And as I think I've mentioned to you before, I grew up with my grandparents. So my grandfather loved English humor. So we watched a lot of English humor, you know, with two Ronnie's, um, are you being served? Ain't half up mum, dad's army, all that sort of stuff. And they all had Christmas themed episodes that would come on now that I think about it. They would come on in that period as well, obviously, and and that was that was really funny. And they were, they, they, you know, Dad's Army one that I can remember was actually very very 
very uh, humorous, but uh, I'm not going to regale you with it here, but uh, step by step of a TV show is not great podcasting. Um, but uh, it's, yeah, we, we did get a lot from both from both sides. We did get a lot of American um, content. And we got a, a lot of English content. That's probably skewed the other way. Now we have more American content than we do English content. Um, but yeah, no, there was a, we didn't, we never, had, we knew of, you know, Val Dunican and we knew of Andy Williams as well, but we never had big specials like that. We'd have Carols in the Domain, which we still have now, which was a get together of all Australian artists that would sing uh, Christmas carols at the My Music Bowl here. And uh, that would be telecast, and that would be three or four hours or whatever it is, or three hours, I think it is. And that 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 was that was a, a constant for us. But uh, yeah, we we had more input around Christmas from from overseas, I think, than than locally made content. Hi, it's Stephen. Hi, I'm John Mackay. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, it's Stephen. Hi, it's Paul. And we are from Trimming the Musical Fat Podcast, and we want to wish Marv and all the pods like us listeners a... Merry Christmas! And a Happy New Year. Yeah, But I'm guessing that you had big entertainment shows in America as well, like, you know, where, where there'd be like a couple of hours or something, you'd have different types of entertainment on those shows, would you? Um... I think some of that has come back recently. I know, I think um, there's a country act that that hosted a, a Christmas show. I know Michael Buble, I think, has hosted a Christmas special. Um, and I want to say there was another one. But, oh, I, I know that um, Christmas Day, Disney does a thing. That I think they they record a, a bit earlier, but they they broadcast they broadcast at Christmas Day, Christmas morning. It's a Christmas, it's a, a Disney special from I think Walt Disney World in Florida. Um, so there are there are some like variety show entertainment type Christmas um, things, and some some leading up to it, but not like it used to be back when you know back when they were like uh, Andy Williams was doing it or Johnny Cash or, or some of these, some of these um, musicians or hosts were doing it back in the sixties the or even, even seventies. I think, I think that kind of died in the eighties and nineties and recently has started to pop back up. Um, I always find those kind of entertaining where they'll have maybe three or four acts do a Christmas tune and they'll, they'll tell a story or there'll be a skit or they'll, they'll, they'll sort of highlight um, feel good or warm hearted stories. Uh, I, I always enjoy those. Well, we, you know, we, you um, guys yeah. talk, well, sorry, oh, Snow, Marv, Snow, so, uh, you talking about this reminds me of a couple of shows that I absolutely loved. Um, uh, Grinch, uh, Dr. Seuss's Grinch, uh, that played on TV every year. And I absolutely loved every version of it. I've enjoyed uh, Jim Carrey, the, the newest one. And the other one that I was thinking about is uh, Mr. Bean's um a Christmas special. I that is probably some of his best comedy, in my opinion. I'm a big fan of Mr. Bean. So. I love the department store bit. 
Oh yeah, he's got some great stuff, doesn't Where he? He's messing about with the nativity set, and you know, and, and then he brings <laughs> the helicopter in to save the baby, and whatever. This brilliant, so funny. Or the uh, I like the one where he gets his head stuck in the turkey. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> which they nicked for. Um, they stole, didn't they, for friends? Oh, did they? D- didn't they do that I with friends? Didn't that. they have somebody's Joey. turkey Joey on top did. of the head or something? Yeah, I think oh, Joey no. got it stuck in his head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mr. Bean did it first. <laughs> A comic genius, in my opinion. Rowan Atkinson. Yes. Very yes. underrated. Yeah. Absolutely. Probably one of the best. Uh, I mean, he's in Lion King. He's in all kinds of different places and he just doesn't even get acknowledged, really. It's really weird. Snow, have you seen his, uh, it's on YouTube, he does uh, a roll call at a private school and it's a pretend roll call and it's very, very funny. And the other one that he does that's really good is uh, he's a a waiter in an Indian restaurant when a bunch of rugby fans come in and there's no one there. It's actually a skit he did on as part of his show and he's just talking to an empty table with chairs around it but pretending like there's people there and he's just working off the reactions of these invisible people and uh it's very very funny you should actually youtube both of those and uh he, he he's really good is that the mr bean character is he uh, is Roman no. uh, doing somebody else yeah no no in the um the indian restaurant one he's just an indian waiter he's taking the persona of an indian waiter and in the the other one he's just a uh, the headmaster at a uh, private boys school and he's just doing a roll okay. call and uh uh, I think they're, they're funny. Uh, I think most people would think they're funny. I'd love to watch it. That sounds awesome. Yeah, maybe not. Uh, it's, you know, maybe not stuff that's probably accepted the same way nowadays as it was back then. So, uh, but if you take it in context of when it was done, uh, I still think it's funny. So, yeah. Darren, we've, we've gone past that because you've already mentioned it ain't half up, mum, and you won't be able to make that show anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah definitely not um oh god for so many reasons too you can't black so people many reasons. so many reasons that show would not be made nowadays joe and uh snow have you ever seen an episode of it ain't half hot mum i believe so yeah. can you say that again i didn't quite hear you it's called uh it ain't half hot mum it's about a theatrical group, a military theatrical group in India. And um, their sergeant major is a very much died-in-the-wool career military hard-ass officer, a hard-ass, hard-ass non-commissioned officer, sorry, because he, he was a sergeant major. Yep. Uh, and he has a theatre group that he's in charge of. And... Uh, yeah, it's oil and water, but it 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 makes it, yeah, it makes for a funny context. And uh, yeah, you'd have to see it to really appreciate it. But uh, there's a lot of reasons why that that series wouldn't be made nowadays. Um, <laughs> but again, it it was funny when it was airing. I guess then. Yeah. Did you like it, Marv? Uh, yes, yes, I did like it when, when I, yeah, yeah, I did. I did think it was funny <laughs> when I watched it. Yeah, when I was a kid. I don't know whether I'd like it now. Maybe. Honestly, I probably still would. And uh, yeah, maybe shouldn't say that, but I I think it was funny. Humor's humor. Um, 
and I don't think anything that was done in it was done in, with any sort of, uh, you know, ill feelings or anything like that. It was just, it was a, yeah, it was, it was a different time. Yes. And a different time since. I mean, I, I still think that, uh, you know, Paul Hogan missed the boat. He could have actually have done a Crocodile Dundee Christmas years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Yeah, it could have. Yeah, definitely. Could have. Uh, can't get much more Australian than Paul Hogan. So, um, and, and that's the the unfortunate thing. A lot of the the people from overseas they don't know about the Paul Hogan show. No, and no. that was his best work. You know, Crocodile Dundee is what it is, but that was not his best work. His best work was done years ago uh, in the show that he did here and was aired on Australian TV. Uh, that that in my mind was the best stuff he ever did yeah. and very dangerous at times as well oh god yeah yeah some of those definitely. stunts he did so, yeah. <laughs> what was the guy's name um oh i can't remember his name um i'll have to find that now that's going to bug me but while you're looking for that, that that brings something to mind you know in passing where You've mentioned the uh, the Saturday Night Live Christmas specials, and that, that's something that that bugs the hell out of me because we don't get Saturday Night Live in the UK. So the back history of people like, you know, um, famous people like uh, Eddie Murphy and all these top people that come from these, these comedy shows in America, I don't really know to that degree. I've caught bits on YouTube, but that's only because we now have YouTube. But back then, we didn't have YouTube, and I wouldn't have known any of that from behind, from that background that they've got. So it's something that's slightly irritating, but also strange probably for Americans to hear that I don't know anything of Eddie Murphy before 48 hours. No, I, th- I think it's – I think some of that is similar to, like um... – uh it's rowan atkinson right mr bean yep yep um i'm aware of him as mr bean and i'm aware of um you know uh, i'd say maybe 10 percent of his work and i know just like the movies and some of the skit comedy that they 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 used to they would air it on comedy central here in the states so i would absorb it that way um and just like you mentioned paul hogan yeah having um a show of a Paul Hogan show. I didn't know that. I know Paul Hogan as Crocodile Dundee and, and that's it really. And so I think all of these sort of localized stars that, you know, in the UK or in Australia or in the States uh, are bigger here and maybe don't, their, their work doesn't make it as far across the world immediately, especially back in the eighties and nineties and, 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 and even further back. Um, now everything is kind of everywhere. If it's made now, everybody's getting it. You don't really miss out on much now, but a lot of that material didn't travel quickly. So I wouldn't, I didn't know about Mr. Bean until he was already a legend in the UK. Like I didn't know about Paul Hogan until he was crocodile Dundee, but by then he was already, you know, like Darren said, that wasn't even his best work. He had, he, had, he had already done his best work prior to that. So these things didn't travel as as quickly as they do now. 
Yeah, I would say because I've actually caught the Paul Hogan show. I mean, that that's the weird thing is I actually know Paul Hogan from that yeah. show because that was on in the UK, Darren, out of interest. Yes. Okay. So I caught so yeah. I caught that over here. And should we say that um Crocodile Dundee is the safer side of Paul Hogan's <laughs> humour. Put it that way. Yes, yeah, it's definitely the safer side. Um, his stuntman, by the way, was called Leo Wanker. <laughs> so that was the stuntman. So um, yeah, he would get he would get um, showered with a, a fire extinguisher no matter what he did. So as soon as he uh, finished, even a, you know halfway through a stunt or you know banged his head on a door, they you know come out and put the fire extinguisher on him. But it was a, it was a lot funnier when you actually watched it. But uh, yeah, he that show was was really good. And the funny thing is that Strop, the guy with him, yeah. uh, was actually married to Delvin Delaney, who was the the girl on the show as well. And he's a he's a brilliant guy. And he he was that he was the brains behind that whole series, but I can't remember his name. But he uh, I just remember him as Strop. Um, uh, but yeah, he played like a dunce in the show. But the guy was brilliant. He did a lot of other stuff as well. Um, it, I, I I have very fond memories of watching the Paul Hogan show. So here we go. Have we got any more Christmas TV memories? Anybody? Actually, I had to pull up a list on Google just to see what was out there. Uh, a lot of the stuff I've watched, but I don't remember it. <laughs> I'm busy looking yeah. for a DVD set of Rankin Bass so I can watch all of those. To me, those are best viewed uh, over the, on over-the-air television. Um, yeah. I've, I've watched, you know, as you get... As, as technology advances and every, everything becomes more and more higher def and clearer, like yeah. it sort of takes some of the, it sort of takes a little bit from it. You see that it's not, it doesn't look as great as it did when you were a kid because you weren't really looking at it critically, right? You're not looking at it as, as like a creator, like, oh, that doesn't, that doesn't really line up or I can see the stop motion animation is really is way more noticeable now than it was back then. Like I don't need a 4k version of a Charlie Brown Christmas or any of these things. I just, I just, to me, they're just best viewed in front of the TV, like over the air with commercials. And I don't know that to me, I don't need high def versions of, of these things. Speaking of which, Joe, you guys have all seen uh, Frosty the Snowman. As a kid, did you did that movie ever scare you a little bit in terms of <laughs> it was? Uh, what I remember just uh, being a little bit like I've watched The Little Drummer Boy, I watched the other movies, and I watched Frosty the Snowman going, I'm not getting a great vibe. It was a little bit, I, I don't know if it was the animation or it was the characters <laughs> that were in it because there, there were some nasty characters in there as well. Um but yeah, that one just seemed to be something I thought. Oh, okay. Uh, I think little... to me, it's it, to me, it's like the uh, the time bomb, right? It's it's the anxiety inducing. Like, are, is is Frosty gonna melt away? And like, Christmas is is no more. Like, it it almost that was... plants the seed of anxiety in you. Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe that was maybe I was too invested in it. <laughs> 
interestingly, I mean, we're going to go on another tangent here that's got nothing to do with Christmas or tele- Christmas television, I don't think. But what you're saying there, has that got anything to do with the art of stop motion in itself? Because I know I was talking with somebody about, um, uh, I'm a big fan of Ray Harryhausen films, you know, like Jason and the Argonauts, Sinbad in the Eye of the Tiger, mm. and those films, which are stop motion animation. Yeah. And I was saying to this person about the fact that, in a way, I find that sort of film more interesting or that sort of technique more interesting than the CG element in some way, CGI. Because do you not find that in these old programs, films where they've got this stop motion, when you've got creatures there, stop motion creatures, there's a certain way about the movement that the stop motion creates that's unnatural, but it's also creepy as hell. Oh, the skeletons out of Jason and the Argonauts were very scary, I thought. Mm. And it was part that's part of it, it's that they're they're actually moving in an unnatural way. And the fact that they are skeletons, obviously, just uh, heightens the fact that they're, you know, a threat and they're a monstrous threat and they're unnatural. And yeah, it's I, I would agree wholeheartedly with that for sure. Stop motion is yeah, can elicit that sort of a response, I think, if in the right uh, context. But I also think there's something really nice about the whole otherworldliness of that sort of technique that they're using. I think oh, they did awesome. a really good job of that. I'm sorry. I didn't mean okay, to interrupt okay, you. Okay. Uh, I think they did a really good job of utilizing that in The Nightmare Before Christmas with Tim yes. Burton. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah. And The Corpse Bride 100%. as well, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I'm sorry. I'm a huge fan of Wallace and Gromit. That's one of my favorite. <laughs> Would you like some cheese? Gromit, we've got some cheese. Yeah. But he doesn't know about Morph. What? No. Okay. No. Now I don't know. No, that is so Morph. So Ardman Animation, who, who make, uh, who are the people behind Wallace and Gromit? Okay. They started out, Ardman animation as a group who did um, they did this little character that was just like it looked like a ball of clay with like a head on top and eyes and then and then feet but basically looked like a ball it looked like clay technically walking around and he was called morph and he was part of a an art program for children so it was about art about an artist called tony hart and he just you know, he'd there he'd show you these bits of art. It's a bit like Art Attack or these other programs where he'd just make these pieces of art out of whatever's lying around, blah, blah, blah. And then in in between, in little intervals between, you'd have these little adventures going on with this little playmation character called Morph. And that was the start of where Ardman Animation came from, basically. they That's where they first started. And Pingo's like, uh, Pingu. Pingu's like that as well. Yes, the, um... yeah. Yeah, the uh, penguins. Yeah, uh, it's very uh, pretty much the same, same animation. Yeah, there we go. It's all about education here. <laughs> very good. Hi, this is Amy Hughes from Cool for Cats, a Squeeze podcast, and I'd like to wish all of the listeners of Pods Like Us happy holidays and especially a very Merry Christmas. Well, yeah, what do you think about that, Joe, with the, the, the whole thing about stop-motion animation and how it has that dip sort of almost otherworldly... There's like a 
a nostalgic feel about it. And in some ways that, I don't I don't know if I like it when they upscale it either, because, you know, if they get rid of all of the lines, this, that and the other, I think it takes away from the magic of that whole technique. Yeah, I agree. I think I don't I don't know what it is about the art of stop motion animation, but it does feel very um, I don't want to say I don't want to say childlike, but there's something there's something um, magical, youthful, uh, magical about it. Like it, you, you're not going to make a stop motion film that is, you know, a, some sort of like adult drama, right? It's gonna it's gonna be some sort of something that's mostly whimsical or or child friendly or sort of youthful. I mean, I think I'm you know the Nightmare Before Christmas. I think is maybe the one that does it best where it sort of bridges that gap between adulthood and, and, and childhood. Yeah. Um, but most of the, most of the ones we're talking about are, are children's shows that we still enjoy as, as kids or as adults. Um, but I just, to me, I, I enjoy the art of it. I don't need to see, um, I don't need to see it in high def. I just, I enjoy the art and it, it, it nothing else looks like it. Right. No other animation, CGI, or hand-drawn animation, or you know, nothing else looks like C, um, like stop motion. No. And to me, it's like um, somebody told me that you can make homemade marshmallows the other day, and I didn't realize that. I didn't know you can make homemade marshmallows, but like to me, so to me, I know is that marshmallows are sold in the store. I can get them. They come in three sizes the size of your fist, regular size and the stuff that, and the little ones you put in your cocoa. Like, I don't need to, I don't need to know that you can make them at home. I don't need to know the ingredients of marshmallows. I don't need to know the, the nutritional facts of marshmallows. None of this stuff is important. Just size all I need to know is I can buy them in the store. Sizes, size of your fist, a marshmallow is the size of your fist. Yes, they have you would oh, be yeah. surprised. They have jumbo oh, marshmallows and then the regular size, which are the, just the regular, like, size marshmallows and the mini ones that you put in your hot chocolate. Okay. I'm sorry. Haven't you seen Ghostbusters? I have. (laughs) But he was, yeah, then they make the one that's the size of New York city. New York city. You got a size of Empire state building here. Yeah. (laughs) I bought a bag of those jumbo ones the other year. They were great. I I was eating one for ages. Just one. They're enormous. (laughs) That's tooth decay on a stick right there. That's crazy. Yeah, but you're happy with it, though, aren't you, while you're eating it? It's only later on that it bugs the hell out of you. Yeah, you get one of those, then you go, oh, you should see the size of my coffee cup. You should see the size of the dentist bill. <laughs> it's probably uh, the dentist that invented it. You know, got to keep them in business. <laughs> yeah, it's self-perpetuating, definitely. You get me with a pet ate the dentist that tell you off for eating certain things, and you think you eat that stuff as well. Don't have me on. <laughs> Come on. You guys eat sweets as well and have cake every now and again. But um, that's all Christmas as well. You know, food. Food is do you think food's important to Christmas? Absolutely. I, I, for me, I have fond memories of my grandpa having a, a nutcracker, uh, but he, it was a handheld one, you know, not, not the little doll. 
And then uh, he would have walnuts and pecans and all kinds of different stuff, whatever, you know, could be put on the table. And then my friends, uh, when I was growing up with them, they had yogurt pretzels and uh, entire tables set up just for snacks and Chex Mix, Buddy Mix, you know, all that stuff. It's great. I miss it. Darren, you must be a big one for food, I'm guessing. Are you trying to tell me something there, Marv, or what? I didn't I'm think trying to say, you know, you know, <laughs> like fam- family, family gatherings <laughs> is all about food, isn't it? Yes, well, being, yeah, like I said, my wife's of Greek uh, heritage. So when we used to get together at, um, well, we still get together there. It's not as big as it used to be. But when we get together at my in-laws uh, place, the, there was enough food to feed about, you know, four infantry uh uh, for nations infantry there sort of thing it was uh crazy there's there's always a lot left over usually everyone leaves with a plate of food um but we 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 did our bit we bought um coffee uh coffee pecan cake to as the dessert uh or or two of them <laughs> uh, that was what we would that was our uh our role our duty i guess was to to bring cake and we we did that uh, every year but uh there's lamb there's there's chicken not see we're not big on turkey or anything like that here um there's usually some sort of a salad as well because like i said we're usually eating all this food and it's 35 degrees so um there's lots of not that i'm a big drinker but there's usually lots of wine and beer around as well um we don't have anything in terms of a tradition with walnuts or anything like that it's yeah, it's usually just a uh, big barbecue um, or, you know, in the old days, my grandmother would, would cook a roast. Um, but, yeah, it was pretty simple. Uh, lamb, chicken, salads, seafood salads. I'm not a seafood eater myself, so that would be for everybody else, uh, followed by coffee uh, and cake. Um, and then everyone lying on the couch absolutely stuffed not doing anything um all the cousins we used to get together and go outside and we'd play cricket in the street which was a lot of fun um that doesn't happen anymore uh, especially my age so <laughs> don't want to tear something you're not going to tear something when you're only 28 <laughs> <laughs> yeah no uh, in, in dog years maybe <laughs> so a lot more but, in dog years it would be a lot more in dock years, but actually we do go, we usually walk down the um, the street now to the, the, the basketball courts. All my boys are basketballers and we usually have a bit of a, um, a shoot around with the boys at Christmas because we've had a big uh, meal and we, we like the walk and we go down there and then we just shoot the ball around now. It used to be cricket. Now it's probably basketball. What about Joe food? You know, what food do you see is important at Christmas? Uh, snacks, snacks. First and foremost. Yep. yep. I mean, I think I think Thanksgiving here in the states, Thanksgiving is the big food holiday. I think Christmas is is second, but um, I think there, there's a very there's at least on with my family there was a lot of similarities in meal in the meals that we served on Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, we would do. Uh, my my now ex father in law would would prepare a a um, a prime rib on Christmas Day, yeah, uh, which was always really good. 
Um, so that was, that was a bit different than, than Thanksgiving, but um, yeah, food is, I think when you're talking major holiday celebrations, I think food is always a cornerstone of the proceedings. Right. Yeah. Um, I think Thanksgiving is for me, it's, it's the, the three F's it's food, family, and football. Um, Christmas is food and family and presents and, um, you know, New Year's Day, Easter, and then I think the 4th of July is probably here in the States. Those are the main, like the the, the cornerstone holidays. Um, and each one of them has their own unique food. Uh, I think food is a unique part of each of those holidays. So absolutely food is, is important on Christmas. Um, I don't have anything that we... I don't think I have anything that we eat every year that's um, traditional, but um, I think making cookies and making desserts and kind of spending some time in the kitchen. I try to do that with my kids, Um, whether we make a cake or we make, um, we've made rice, something as simple as like rice crispy treats or something, sugar cookies, anything like that. We, I try to try to do that with them. um, Just, one, it's it's good quality time. It's a good skill to have to be able to handle yourself in the kitchen. But also, I think those types of treats, to me, represent more with Christmas than they do with any other holiday. Finger foods, things, things that you can kind of take and go. Because a lot of it is like, if you're at a, a, at a gathering, you're, you're up and you're walking around or you're mingling, you're talking, you're doing all sorts of other things. Um, there might be a there might be a dinner served, but a lot of the time is spent maybe on your feet or or kind of interacting with other people. So you got to got to eat on the go, and a lot of that is um, sort of like finger foods or snacks or things you can take with you. Agreed. Agreed. Hi, this is Kevin Young. And Dan Hurley. So, what's From everyone torture, up to then we would like to on their the shows? And where like can they find Merry you, Christmas. Snow? Got to unmute myself here. Um, yeah. So, um, like I mentioned, uh, we're going to be doing a complete overhaul of the show where it's going to be focused more on directly just the individual card. And then uh, going to be doing tarot readings on uh, on YouTube. Setting up for that soon, and that's going to be kind of focusing more on YouTube and TikTok areas. There, um, you can find me on every platform. Uh, Seeking Tarot Podcast is just about on every platform out there. And then, um, yeah, contact me. I'm mostly these days on Instagram, and uh, email is seeking tarot at outlook.com. Pretty easy, pretty simple. So Going to be doing some fun things with uh, making uh, coffee mugs and stuff like that. So cool. Thanks. I've had fun. Me too. So, how about you, Darren? You muted. It's done. Yeah, just unmuting myself. Um, so, the show is coming back in December. So, <laughs> I. Uh, I, I guess I, I haven't really acknowledged the, the holidays too much with my show. I don't do a special Christmas show. Although the first interview show that I, I will be doing uh, or will be putting out 
is dedicated to movies that are Christmas movies that are not Christmas movies, if you know what I mean. So obviously Die Hard, things like that. So my it was a, a choice of one of my guests. So we, we go over five movies that are considered by many to be Christmas movies, but uh, are not Christmas movies. So, so uh, then, yeah, just power through until then. Uh, don't really think we'll be doing anything else Christmas themed as such. Uh, none of the review shows that I've got coming up uh, have got anything to do with Christmas whatsoever. So um, personally, yeah, just uh, working through until taking the main days off and then having time off in January. So there might be a little bit of a break from the show for a couple of weeks. So I haven't planned that. I've actually got a lot of shows under my belt that I might actually just put out when I'm down the beach. Um yeah and that's about it and yeah like uh uh snow referred to his show i I guess you can pretty much find my show everywhere at my guest list pod and you could head on over to myguestlistpod.com if you wanted to leave me a voice message and yeah i'm generally on instagram and and twitter although we are on facebook as well and we are i am on facebook as well there is a group there as well um but that's about it uh really enjoying recording shows again because it's been a bit of a break but uh yeah back into it full on and and that's why I'm, I'm trying to do more stuff like this and get back into the community a little bit more with uh people like yourself and obviously this is the first time i've met joe and first time i've met snow which is great so yeah look uh, enjoying being back okay and joe keeping up with the cardassians uh we don't we haven't done any any christmas specials or anything like that although i will take your idea from earlier under advisement and that could be something that will be in the works um we just wrapped like i said at the top of the show we just wrapped up uh, our run with star trek deep space nine um that is the first 101 shows 101 episodes of our show so um if you are interested in re-watching Deep Space Nine or you're in the middle of re-watching Deep Space Nine, go ahead and jump in at any point in our show. Um, and we generally, we would do two episodes at a time. Um, and you can you can sort of listen to us as you re-watch the show. Um, going forward, we are on a, a little bit of a break right now for a week or two. Um, and then we're going to jump into Battlestar Galactica. And it'll be the format will be similar. We'll just we're, we'll just be uh, reviewing a different show at the, at the on the second half of the show, uh, which I know Nick is looking forward to. I'm on the fence about, and uh, Nick or Rob couldn't be less thrilled about. Um, like uh, like Snow and Darren said, uh, we're we're on all the social medias. We're on uh, Twitter at Cardassians Pod. We're on instagram um we are on facebook um you can find our show anywhere you get your podcasts um if you have if you like the show you listen to the show and you you like what you hear go ahead and leave a review or leave a, a rating or share it with a friend or if you don't like it share it with a friend share it with somebody you don't like if you think our show is garbage uh then share it as a joke uh, but no, seriously, just we're we're just we're just having fun and going to keep our tr- keep the train rolling with uh, more content, uh, and that would see an end in sight. So we're having fun. 
and yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on again. Now it's an, it's, I feel like it's an annual tradition. I'll have the, the group around us is, is different every year and the, and the topics are different, but I, I feel like now I have to show up every year. We'll do Christmas music next year then. Cause you've done film television, be music for next year for you. Perfect. There we go. What was I going to say? I'm, I feel a bit let down in a way because I was looking forward to hearing yours and Rob's particularly uh, take on the the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. Oh, I'm, we're not ruling it out. I'm just saying we no. don't do, we don't do a specific Christmas show. Uh, but again, with with your help and with your uh, motivation here today, that could be that could be changed. I think maybe we maybe we will lose something. But you won't find Worf there because he's not a very merry man, is he? No, he's not. He's, he likes he 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 hates fun more than Nick does. It's an in joke, by the way. It's a Star Trek joke. Don't know if anybody gets that one. Anyway, uh, Pod's love, like uh, Worf. Sorry, I love Worf. Yes, I'm a fan of Worf. Worf's cool. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. I don't I don't think Joe is a fan of Worf so much. I don't I don't dis I don't hate him. I just he didn't really do he I don't know. He didn't he didn't do much for me over the course of Deep Space Nine. Um but again, this is this is deep into the Star Trek stuff, but like maybe it's because I mean, I don't know if Snow knows, but like I, I've, I've never watched any Star Trek, so I only know Deep Space Nine and some oh, of the okay. movies. So I didn't have the context of the Next Generation to sort of understand Worf. So, so my first, my first viewing of Worf was like, oh, he's, he's the guy who's coming over from the other show, and now he's on this one, and he didn't really do it for me over the course of Deep Space Nine, but maybe his character growth over the next generation is is what makes him the character that everybody was like blown away when he was joining the cast. He was great in Next Generation. Well, that's my yes. favorite Star Trek. Yeah. So yeah, he was fantastic in Next Generation. Definitely. Also one hell of a director, Michael Dawn. Uh, okay. Yeah, I did. Yeah, he has got some credits for that too. Yeah, of course. Yeah, fistful of datas. Which one did he uh, direct? Gone of uh, Deep Space Nine. I can't remember what did he direct to Deep Space Nine, Joe. Uh, I don't remember offhand. That's that's Rob's specialty is is remembering episode names and who directed them. But he did some Deep Space Nine. Did he do any of the movies too, or? No, I mean one of one of the big ones that he did of uh, Next Generation that you would remember would be A Fistful of Datas. He was the director of that one. Do you remember oh, really? that when I'm you had all to... the different datas in the in the hollow room where it was like almost like a fistful of dollars, but it was just lots of datas playing different characters. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and watch that again. I miss uh, I miss the Next Generation. That's what I grew up on. So yeah, definitely. Anyway, you can find pods like us, like same as all these people, all the socials, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and I'm on TikTok as well. And you can contact me through podslikeus at gmail.com. Anyway, thank you everyone for listening and hope you're listening again to another episode of Pods Like Us. Mm-hmm.